welcome to Self-Care with Dr. Sarah. I'm Sarah R. And today I have with me Katya Poppenhager. Hi. Uh, she is a recent junior faculty at uh, University of Belfast. Yeah, that's right. And um, we are at a conference together and we spent the whole conference dinner just talking about self-care and, and strategies and, and what we do uh, for maintenance. And, and I just said, why don't we do a podcast and, and, and talk about some of these things. So I'm really excited to have... Uh, Katya here as well um, because she's really a recent faculty just this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, that's right. And so we're going to talk a bit about that experience and how she got her position and now uh, kind of the transition from postdoc to being a junior faculty and still maintaining, uh, you know, healthy work-life balance and, and all of that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so yeah, first, could you ta uh, talk maybe a bit about your job hunting process yeah. and applying and, and that yeah. whole Oh God, yes, yes. It was it was a long process, and it's um, so so. I did this for basically two seasons, and the first season I only applied to like the really nice places where I thought, wow, I'd really like to live there, and I actually know somebody there, and so on. And I didn't get anything, didn't get an interview, nothing that year. And then the next year I applied more broadly, and I had sort of. I mean, it, it takes a lot of time, right? Basically, you have these two or three months where you don't do much else besides that. And I had this huge Excel sheet with all the jobs and all the things you need to send there. And if my letter writers had sent their stuff yet and all that, I think I applied for like I don't know, thirty-five things or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a lot. Like it was spread I didn't out even over know the whole there year. Was, I didn't even know there was that many jobs. Well, I mean, and sort of spread it out over the whole year because the US is really focused. Yeah. Like all the the job ads come like in October, November, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But uh, I was also looking at Europe, and there it's more spread out over the year. So okay. over the whole year, yeah, it, it added up to a quite large number, right? So yeah, I, I sent all my stuff in and. Uh, I, I got a couple of interviews actually um, that year. I went to I think six, six places I think. So two were in the U.S. and four were in Europe. And um, it was it was very interesting because I I did this thing. I um, I actually got an, an interview very early on the process actually in the in the spring summer because some European places had sort of this off cycle thing. And um, I that was my very first interview. And I had the feeling that it it didn't go so well. Mm. I, I had a really bad feeling, but they actually called me the same day and offered me the job. And I was like, oh God, what, what, what do I do now? Wow. The and same day. It was, it was really odd, right? Wow. And I, and actually it, it was, that, that application was sort of a test balloon for me. Actually, I wanted to practice a little bit. It was an okay place, but I mean, all the other applications were still in the air. So actually yeah. after agonizing quite a while, I uh, actually declined that job without knowing what else might happen. Sure. Wow. So uh, it was, it was that's weird. Really, that's really hard. I mean, it was especially hard. when you're wanting yeah. a faculty position. You, 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 you don't, don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And it was, uh, it was something in Europe. So yeah. my parents were really excited that I would be close if I actually took that job. And then I said no. Oh. And well, and then for half a yeah, nothing happened because you know the the, yeah. the other stuff just took longer and um yeah well then then i went on a couple of uh, other interviews and finally i got another offer and there was in a place that i was actually quite excited about and then i did this whole thing uh where you should negotiate and yeah. do these kind of things and it i i found it a bit easier to do that because it was an offer from the uk so that there was the this offer from, the, from this is the region in belfast oh, which oh, i did yeah. 
Wait, no, 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 this, this, is, this is Queen's, yeah, oh, okay, okay. so this, this okay. was the actual uh, offer, and in the UK it's, it's quite nice because they have sort of these job profiles, most universities have mm. those on, on their websites, so I mean the, the job types are a bit different, so the assistant professor is a lecturer, lecturer yeah. and then you go to reader and professor mm -hmm. for like associate or full professor, but they have like profiles sort of what your seniority level or your sort of achievements should be for, for yeah. that type of job, and then you can actually check, and, and I did that and I sort of found that I already had some some you know boxes checked on the next higher level, and oh, I really? said, "Oh, you know, you should actually offer me more in terms of salary because I'm sort of kind of on the way to that transition to the next higher level." Yada yada. And um, what were the things that that you had already? Do you remember? Is that for the reader? You had some things already. On yeah. The so so actually. Um, uh, Belfast has has four levels, so there's okay. uh, lecturer, senior lecturer, oh, okay. reader, full professor. Yeah. But yeah, oh, what were the things? I think it was stuff like being an invited speaker at international conferences, or being involved in like uh, mission proposals for oh, okay. like space missions or, uh, okay. or big ground based stuff. Sure. So I had a few of those things that yeah. weren't on the lecturer checklist, yeah. but the senior yeah. lecturer one, and uh, that was quite good. And I, I used that and said, you know, you should pay me this and that more and so on and so forth and so then like a fraction over your I, I asked, salary I asked for a 10% more in salary and they just said yes which <laughs> makes me think I probably could have asked for more but yeah I it's, this is one of the things you yeah, learn yeah, I you guess never know. You never know. Yeah. yeah but um, yeah that, that worked out fine and um, I think so usually you have quite a number of options what you could negotiate for right so they gave me a startup package um, like for travel money and what you yeah. need, and and you could either push that, but I, I thought it it makes more sense to actually push for the for the salary because yeah. that of course yeah. adds up right yeah, over it does, the yeah. career and raises just, and exactly yeah. exactly so that's that's what I decided to push and it worked out well and I'm really happy and then you know the the whole other stuff they sent me the contract and I sent my passport copies and the things you have to do when you're not a citizen in that country but at least I'm European so it wasn't yeah. such a problem and yeah and then in November I started my job Yay. wow. <laughs> Uh, real quick on the negotiating, did you negotiate anything else or just the salary? Did you negotiate your startup package at all um, or, or teaching load or any of those? So things? actually they, they gave me a very good deal on the teaching load, so I actually didn't um, push that. I also did not negotiate the um, startup um, package, but I negotiated my starting date. I wanted to push oh, that back quite okay. a bit because I had a couple of things that I wanted to finish in my old job. And so I, I basically started... Uh, two months after the actual semester started, ah, so that, yeah. that means I had an extra couldn't, like half semester where yeah. I couldn't teach. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, that was yeah, but that wasn't such a big deal actually. Okay, and when when you were a postdoc, you did a couple things to kind of get yourself ready for yeah. applying for faculty, and and could you maybe talk about a bit about what those were and what the differences were and the requirements that you mm -hmm. found for the jobs, uh, the, you know, assistant professorship jobs, what they're looking for in yeah. Europe versus the yeah. U.S.? Yeah, so this, this is something that I... Uh, uh, really notice that there are, there are different expectations what you should already have done um, so research is of course obvious but then I did uh, quite some um, mentoring of students so I had uh, two undergrad students work with me on summer projects and I also did some actual teaching and that that's quite hard to do because I was at the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics and there is not really yeah. a teaching component what did for you that do? stuff right? what did you so um, at, at some point um, I think Soren Maibom uh, sent around an email because there's um, Tufts University has yeah. sort of a continued education well, you program. You did X College. Um, I, it's you? not called that. It's it's like the this. Or, no, no, it's oh, called um, the Tuft Osher Lifelong Learning. 
program. Oh, so basically, okay. their, their alumni can come back for oh, like a okay. summer course or something like that. Okay. And Soren did that for like one semester, and he couldn't do that the next oh, semester. Okay. And he sent an email around, does anybody want to do that? I thought, hey, this is really cool. Because I did the experimental college for the undergrads. Oh, so okay. they have, the Tufts also has this program where postdocs and yeah. grad students and whatnot can apply to teach a course in yeah. their own specialty. Um you know, and it's it's taught to the Tufts undergrad and it actually mm. counts for their degree. So, oh, so nice. I taught like a semester long course, yeah. and, uh, you know, for, for that and really yeah. enjoyed it. And this also I found helped me, you know, uh, I mean, I only, I haven't really started applying for faculty, but like the one place that I did interview at, they, they noticed that. Then they mm -hmm. were like, oh, you've yeah. already was a course head and taught yeah. your course and all this stuff. And exactly. I think that really yeah. helped. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes a huge difference, especially for the for the European position I found that that they really want to see that you have taught something and not just as a replacement for somebody else yeah. who actually designed the lectures and the course. Exactly. But you're you're actually, the course head. Yes, yeah. exactly. You yeah. you uh, sort of said, okay, they need to learn this and that. How do I fit that in so on so many lectures and so on and so forth. And uh, that helped immensely for me on the European market because I could actually show, hey, I've done that and yeah. I know how to do that and this would translate into a like first year uh, physics or astrophysics yeah, course yeah, or something yeah. like that mm -hmm. and yeah that was great that helped a lot oh, <laughs> awesome and and do you find so I've heard different reports on how many students you need to advise as a postdoc so some people mm. say you actually should have some advising experience of grad students some people it's just mm. undergrads are fine did you notice anything in that in their expectations on you know how many student projects you should have yeah. led I so in, in, in my job interviews, like like actual numbers or expectations like that, I, I didn't really catch any of that. I mean, it was seen as, as a positive thing that I yeah. had uh, advised some, some students. And usually, so, so one of my undergrads was an REU student, mm -hmm. and there was actually a paper coming out of that project. Oh, I cool. think that, that was really yeah. positive. Um, and the other one did a really nice project report as well. So... Um, yeah, but I, I I didn't advise any any grad students during that time officially. Or co advise. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you do the work, but technically somebody <laughs> else signs off, right? Yeah, someone, someone's <laughs> yeah like I, I didn't really yeah. do that, but it didn't, yeah, it didn't seem to be an issue actually. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And how long how long were you postdoc at the was uh, it just the CFA where you were a postdoc or were you Well, I mean I had this I had this sort of like weird thing that again Europe is sort of off cycle. So I graduated in the spring and then for half a year I mm -hmm. had like a short postdoc position sure. at the same institute. But sure, it yeah. doesn't really count I, yeah. I would say. So yeah, I, I came to the CFA in 2012. I was there for one year as like a normal postdoc yeah. and then I got the second fellowship and then I stayed for two and a half ish years or so so three and a half years yeah. I was uh, a postdoc and then oh, I got okay. the position wow that's, Yay. That's, that's really great that's <laughs> a, that's a also pretty acceler yeah. accelerated <laughs> time scale too um so one of the things that actually struck me the most when we first started talking was you describing your typical day mm -hmm. and how how you were able to kind of uh, take on these additional responsibilities yeah. that you have as a junior faculty and still get you know, move along with your research and, and teaching and, and not get so overwhelmed and stressed yeah. out. Um, so could you maybe go through your typical day? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's definitely true that it's a lot of additional stuff. And in the beginning I thought, uh, how do I fit this in? And then just sort of become more efficient. And the way that that works quite well for me is, so I, I come to the office in the morning and, um, about what time do you show up? Would you Between say? nine and ten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends a little bit on how I feel and how long I slept. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I come to the office. Um, 
I don't look at my email at all in the morning. So basically, um, so the, the, there, there's some external rhythm to my day because at our institute we meet for coffee in the late morning. So between 11, 11.30, we all meet for coffee. So between me coming to the office and coffee hour, I basically don't read any emails. I don't do any boring admin stuff. I just do my research. That whole time it's just me research time. I usually don't want to be interrupted by people, so I often even close my door and all yeah. that. And um, yeah, and I just work on that. And that is basically these one and a half, two hours where I can just do my thing, and that's uh, I really enjoy that. And uh, then I go to coffee, chat with the with the people, and so on and so forth. And uh, then after coffee, like between coffee and lunch, I try to get all my email and, and boring admin stuff or like, you know, travel expenses and so on yeah. done. And then after lunch, it's basically whatever I need for that day. So that could be teaching preparation or meeting with my PhD student or, well, actually there there's quite a number of meetings that I now yeah, have to attend as faculty. It's a lot of meetings, oh my God. And they, they usually are in the afternoon. So yeah. um, that actually fits into the schedule quite well. But yeah, that, that makes sure that I have these two hours per day where I can... Um, really work my research and and also by the end of the week I feel like there has been some progress right yeah. otherwise you just play catching up yeah, with various yeah. responsibilities yeah. but yeah that that works really well for me I really like that in fact um, you know I don't always do that I, like I often check my email first thing when mm -hmm. I get into my office and the few days I haven't and kind of just naturally done what you've done um, they just feel more productive it also mm -hmm. sets me up for more productivity I feel the later part of the day yeah you know in that yeah, sense because I have like the wheels turning and and various studies, I'm, I'm not a morning person, but various studies have shown that, you know, your peak brain time is within several hours after you're waking up, you know, and, and all these things. So I, I'm definitely going to take your advice of, of, you know, coming into work. We also have a morning coffee and, and just only not checking anything, you know, just sitting yeah. down and, you know, doing research until that time. I think that's a really, yeah. really strategy for success yeah. um you know yeah. uh so so could you also describe a bit about your self-care routine mm -hmm. that you because i know you uh, do quite a lot of things to just yeah. maintain your physical and mental yeah you know, yeah uh, exactly health yeah I, I have a couple of things i do so so one of the uh, first really important things i guess is not working too many hours is super important i i come to work between nine and ten and i leave between five and six usually mm -hmm. um so you, you actually need yeah. time for all those other things, and you can't do that if, if you work too long. So, and what I then do in my free time, I uh, I do sports, I do martial arts and weightlifting, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. So I have um, martial arts training once per week and strength training um, twice per week, and I really, really, like, this is one of the most important things in my weekly schedule. Like, I actually need to do that, and there's usually no reason why I would skip that. Like, even if there's a proposal deadline, it's, it, gym does not get skipped because it's just way more important than the other things. It, it's really investing in my health and in my well-being, and I feel good afterwards. So yeah, this is really important to me. Um, a couple of other things I do is uh, sleeping in on weekends. I really <laughs> like that. So not getting up before noon at all on weekends is fantastic. Um, yeah, and I uh, I play the violin. I uh, used to do that more in in the last couple of years, because in Belfast now, I, I don't quite have the people to play with yet, but I'm going to yeah. find them. I just need to sort of actually look for them. But this is something that really helps me because I uh, I usually think ahead quite a lot and, and uh, do all these if-then-else games in my head. But but when I play violin, I have to be in the moment because mm -hmm. I, might, I mean, there's so many things you have to do at the same time. Right? It's, it's where your fingers go and what you do with the bow and, and your breathing and you're actually yeah. reading the sheet music or you're, you're at least 
thinking like the next musical phrase, which is yeah. maybe like three seconds long, but that, that sort of focuses your mm -hmm. whole presence to those three seconds. It's fantastic. Uh, afterwards, like after 45 minutes of playing or so, it's, I'm really focused and I feel really nice. And actually afterwards I stretch a little bit because mm. it's kind of an unnatural yeah, like yeah. body position. And afterwards I stretch for three minutes and it's like, it's like this, this huge boost of energy that I get. It's really great. When do, when do you play normally? On weekdays, weekends, or where, mm. where do you normally? I don't really. So for that, I don't really have a strict schedule. It's not like with the with the sports stuff. So sometimes I play on weekends. Sometimes I. It's just once or twice per week that I actually mm. play. So um, actually, in in other years when I had like a regular group to play to play with, mm. um, you would have that that fixed sure. day in the weekend that would help a little bit. But yeah, sometimes I. I don't know, at the moment, I, I'm going to do that more. It, it feels good, but at the yeah. moment, I don't do it as much yeah. as, as I would like to. Yeah. It comes in cycles. I feel especially when you move to a new place. Um, mm -hmm. I do a lot of dance, like ballroom dance and mm -hmm. social dance and Irish dance. And and uh, whenever, it's the same when I moved to Boston. I didn't dance really for like the first year. And I feel it's the same like when I moved yeah. to St. Andrews. I really, I haven't found a... I haven't gone to any of the social dances around. And, yeah. You know, I know I'll get into it, and once I do, it'll it'll be yeah. a new thing. But I feel like when you first move to a new place, there's so many other yeah things you have to figure out. I don't know where to get groceries. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's right. just it's odd stuff, you know. Stuff, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also just getting to know so many new people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have I have sort of limited social energy, right? And I you get to know all the colleagues, and once that is gone, well, you get some out of work friends, and mm -hmm. once that is gone, well, you have some some energy left over to find even more friends that you can yeah. do that one hobby with. Yeah. So it, it just takes a few months for yeah. me. Yeah, it's the cognitive load, definitely. It's yeah. Also, I think especially when you're moving to a new country, because I, someone I was talking to once about moving to a new country, especially if it's you know really different from your city, you know, like a different language as well. You know, things like buying toothpaste is difficult, you know, <laughs> okay, and, and yeah. that just adds mm. so much cognitive load that you don't even think about. Like, yeah. if you move somewhere else, you know, in your home country, mm -hmm. it's all the same brands. You, yeah. know, you go to the store, you yeah. go to, you know, your CVS or whatever, and yeah. you have your things that you're used to. But when you go to a new, uh, really a new place, uh, you don't even know how to buy deodorant. It's like, yeah. it's like oh, these, yeah. what are these options? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hiding bread, then yeah. it's sort of decent. Yeah. Uh, all these nightmare, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you work at all on weekends? No, I, I don't work on weekends. I hate working on weekends. Nobody should work on weekends except for like, like firemen and firewomen and nurses and doctors. We should not work on weekends. Um, so, and I, I don't read my work emails on yep. weekends. I, I, I don't work then. I don't send emails. I, especially not to my students because I would be yeah. setting a horrible example. And actually... It, it it never happened that that you know anything bad happened just because of that. The worst thing that ever happened was that one of my new colleagues wanted to hang out with me and my husband over the weekend, oh, and, and he sent, sent me an email yeah. like on a Friday at like half past six, yeah. and I had already gone home, and you didn't and, check and, it, and I didn't yeah. see it. And this is the worst that ever happened from that. And we we just caught up and, and met the next weekend, you know. So yeah, yeah. I, I had one thing actually happen. That was kind of, not bad, but, you know, it was a similar thing. I got an email um, actually on, like, Saturday evening from a journal mm -hmm. saying that we would like your article to be the cover and mm -hmm. could you provide some artwork. Uh -huh. and, and I was like, ooh, exciting. And, and so I, I sent the email, you know, I don't know. Or did I do anything with it? Maybe I sent it to, you know, my advisor or something mm -hmm. to, like, talk about it, but I didn't respond to the journal right uh, away. Yeah. It's Sunday. Yeah. You know. And then... With less than 24 hours 
from that. Like, it was Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh. e- they emailed my all my co-authors, and they're like, we really need to know. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, you sent me the email on Saturday evening. Yeah. And then I don't get back to you by Sunday mid-afternoon, and you have to email every single co-author yeah. of this oh, paper, being like, where is this first author? Why is she not responding to our emails? And, and that was the only time I was like, are you... Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, um. yeah. So, um, we were talking, I remember we, in our brief conversation, we were talking about, um, you know, what to do when you're just exhausted at work. You know, so I had this situation, mm-hmm. uh, actually last week where, you know, I didn't get enough sleep, uh, the night before and, but I still had to come in for a meeting or whatever. So I came in and then, I don't know, 2 PM or so I was just tanking. But then, for some reason, I got this, like, second wind of energy, and things were going well, and it was 3 o'clock, and, and my buses home only go every two hours. It's, like, 3.20 or 5.20 or 7.20, and so, but I had been so tired, so I texted Christian, and mm-hmm. I was like, should I just come home, you know, because I'm really tired, I could take a nap, and, and but I had been doing well, I feel like mm-hmm. I, you know, I got a lot of stuff done in the last half hour, and so... We you know, kind of talked myself into it, and he was like, yeah, sure, you know, if, you, if you're if getting stuff done, just stay. And then, let me tell you, I was just dead for nothing. Like, 20 <laughs> minutes later, yeah. I just really hit a wall, like, and I crashed, and I just was no. sitting there, barely functioning. And you were waiting for office. one and a half hours for the next Yeah, exactly, oh. right. Have you, have you ever had anything like that with, uh, you know, yeah. just figuring out how I, to best manage your energy, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, I, I have that actually quite often, so I... Um, I really notice it in, in the afternoons that my energy really, really declines. And then there's, there's this weird thing that's sort of, there's this weird expectation that, that you have and that sometimes also other people have that you should be in your office until that and that time. Mm-hmm. And I know that that doesn't make sense. It's, it's really yeah. stupid. I mean, right. you know how much you work and it, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help anyone if you sit there for half an hour. Yeah, if you're just sitting exactly. there. <laughs> it doesn't help, right? So, so I actually have this deal with my spouse. Like we, we um, chat a lot with the chat program doing work. My, my spouse is a writer. He writes novels so he can, you know, chat whenever he likes. Same as me, basically. Um, and what we do is uh, when, when I, I don't feel so great and I usually say, okay, what should I do now? I got some stuff done, but now I'm really tired. Or I had this really meeting that sucked my energy out and now my brain feels like mush. <laughs> and then we have this deal. He always says, you know what? You should come home and relax. You have done enough. And this is this sort of tiny little piece of information that I sometimes just need, like this little validation that it's okay. And I, I technically know that by myself, yeah, but sometimes yeah. you just need this little it's push hard. of someone else saying, it's all right, seriously. You're just sitting there for another half hour and, and not working yeah. is completely stupid. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that was that covered all the topics we yeah. were going to cover. Uh, thank you so much for yeah, being thanks. on our podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks. This was my you. first time on a podcast. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> well, we'll hopefully uh, maybe check back in with you in a few Wee. years. So, cool. um, thank you very much. Yeah, and, thanks. Uh, again, this is uh, Self Care with Dr. Sarah. I'm Sarah R. We're very lucky to have Katya Poppenhager here. And uh, we will uh, uh, link to your website. Do you have a website? And uh, uh, you know any things yes. that you would like to... Uh, yes, I have a website at... Uh, Queen's University of Belfast, and I totally don't know the URL, but <laughs> if, you, if you Google for Katja Poppenhager, you will find me. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye.